Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Desirability Alt, episode 21. So today I thought we'd talk about disabled threesomes and moresomes. I hear a lot of people talking about They want to have a threesome. This is more in the vanilla world than in the kink world, but I hear a lot of folks saying, I want to have a threesome, or my partner wants to have a threesome, and I'm not so sure. So this episode is for folks who are considering a threesome, are curious about it, and want to know how to do so safely. I myself have been involved with many threesomes and some moresomes and I've had good experiences and not so good experiences. I'm not an expert on it, but I thought today that I'd share my personal perspective on it and just give you some things that I've learned over the years when it comes to threesomes and moresomes. So some tips I have. First, go at the pace of the slowest moving person. Don't pressure anyone into anything. I hear so many times, my partner wants to have a threesome. My partner keeps asking me if we can have a threesome. It's his biggest fantasy. It's their biggest fantasy. But the person asking also is concerned and is not interested. You know, I I grow concerned when one person isn't really interested in doing it, but they're doing it just for their partner. I would say before going into any type of threesome, make sure it's something you want to do. Don't just do it because of somebody else. Don't give in to pressure. And if you're the partner that wants it, don't pressure your partner into it. I think those situations where one is pressured into it or coerced into it, it's going to end badly. You want to go into a threesome or moresome with everyone involved being positive and excited about it. You want that enthusiasm from all parties. You want to communicate beforehand. Discussing any fantasies that you have can be a great way to do this. I know before I ever had my first threesome, I was thinking about it a lot. And I was with my husband at the time. And he and I would have sex. And we would talk about fantasies. And I would tell him these fantasies I had. And it actually made 
the sex between the two of us hotter. And it helped us to think about how we wanted to plan to have a threesome in the future. Discuss your fantasies with your partner. If your partner discusses fantasies with you, be supportive of them. If it's something you're really not into, if you're having sex at the time or you're about to have sex at the time, indulge, you can indulge them in the fantasy, but you can talk with them when it's not sexy time and say, yeah, you know, it was a fun fantasy, but it's not something I'm into. You know, you have to be really honest about that. You don't want anyone thinking, yeah, this is going to happen. Let them know this is just a fantasy. Just a fun fantasy for tonight. So when you both are ready and you're both enthusiastic and excited about having this threesome, you have to think of some other questions to consider. Will you choose a friend to have the threesome with? Will you choose a stranger? There's pros and cons to each. I remember when back, uh, this was, I'm going to guess, the early 90s. And no, for me, it was, I want to say the late 90s when I had my first threesome. And I remember before having it, we, we spent months talking about it, fantasizing about it, thinking about how we were going to do it. And I remember my husband went on a trip to Las Vegas. And I wanted to go with him, but, you know, it just didn't work out with work. Um, but I remember we were both talking about how sex work is legal in Las Vegas. And, you know, I thought at the time, yeah, getting a, a legal escort might be the best way to have a threesome. Because it's a stranger and you go, you have your fun and you come back home and you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to talk with a friend that you did, had this experience with. Um, I remember at the time thinking that's the best way to do this. I didn't want to contact an escort or a sex worker in my area because in my area it's illegal. And, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But I at the time would feel much safer doing it in a place where it was legal. And I didn't have, you know, with a stranger, actually, even with friends, we have to think about STIs. We have to think about protection. And, and so that was my concern with doing it with an escort. Also with a stranger, you don't know the person. You're more likely to know the history of a friend that you choose. So that might be a pro to do it with a friend. And you may be more comfortable talking about history with a friend than with a stranger. STI history, things of that sort. But I would even say if you do it with a stranger, it's okay to say, you know, have you been tested? I think... Having the talk about STIs and testing is an important, really important talk before you have a threesome. 
or any swinging or any sexual activity with anyone. What are the concerns if you choose a friend? The biggest one for me was, is it going to ruin my friendship? And there are ways that you can make sure it doesn't ruin a friendship. I, so my first, my very first threesome was with a stranger because at the time I thought to myself, I want to do this with a stranger. I don't want to see the person ever again. I don't want to have to deal with any emotional stuff afterwards. The other reason for me at that time, I was not out yet as bisexual to anyone, family, friends, anybody. Actually, now that I think about it, this wasn't even a threesome. My husband and I met this woman at a bar and we talked with her about doing this. But we actually set it up so it was just she and I. Uh, it was just she and I having sex. My husband stayed in the bedroom and, and she and I were in the living room together. It was my first experience being with another woman and I appreciated that I was able to just have that experience just with her rather than having my first experience with a woman be a threesome. Which actually I think if you're a couple and you have one in the couple that has never had sex with someone of the same sex... It's good to take things slowly and it's good for that person to have that experience on their own with someone of the same sex and then plan a threesome later if you're all still interested. Which brings me to another point. Even when my husband and I were more active with other partners, we if we were just planning a threesome or more some, if we were planning, if I was planning to have sex with someone else or if he was planning on having sex with someone else, we did not invite the extra person into our bed. Our bed was, our, in the beginning, our bed was our marital bed and that was sacred to us. So we would have sex on the couch. We would have sex in other areas of the house with other people, but not in our bed. That changed later on. Later on, if we were both there with the other person, we would have sex in the bed. Or if it, it became a relationship, if we had a love interest, then we would invite them into our bed separately. But in the very beginning, you know, our bedroom was just our bedroom. No one else was invited. So you can think about that too. Where are you going to have this threesome? That's a question sometimes that we don't think about until we're right about to do it. But it's a good idea to think about it ahead of time. If you're going to have it at your house... Are you going to have it in the bedroom or are you going to have it in another area of the house? All good things to plan out ahead of time. I think I've mentioned before that in earlier episodes that it was someone who I didn't talk to about my disability. 
and about things that happen to my body during sex. Yeah, I have bladder issues and, you know, at the time I thought it was female ejaculation when I would get wet during sex. And so I also had a lot of misinformation. And for me, I know now that it's urine, but I didn't know that at the time. And so I had some misinformation, and so I didn't mention that fact to this woman before we had sex. And as soon as we had sex, she got up and got dressed and bolted for the door. And it made me feel really sad and made me feel like, you know, at the time I was just starting to acknowledge that I was bisexual. And that experience made me feel like I wanted to go back in the closet. I, I didn't want to express my sexuality anymore. You know, I'm with my husband. That's enough for me. I don't need anything else. That's it. Until a few years later where I <laughs> had to admit it to myself, to him, and to others that, yeah, this is a part of me. I can't deny any longer. Tell you what, though. Even with a stranger, you still have that fear of running into that person again. Because this particular person we met at a bar. Okay, so what happens the next time we go to that bar and we see that person? You always got to think about how you're going to handle things the next time you see the person. And we did see her again. And there was a little bit of conversation, but then we kind of went our own separate ways and, and it was fine. But you, you know, you want to think about even if it's with a stranger, how are you going to meet this person? What's going to happen when you run into them again? If you choose a friend, is it going to ruin the friendship? What are some ways that you can avoid it ruining the friendship? So I've had threesomes with friends. I've had friends with benefits. And some of my friends with benefits are people that I'm still friendly with, people that I care very deeply for. And that was really more once I got into the kink scene and was around a lot of sex positive people. A big fear of mine was, how are we going to ask somebody to do this? How do you go up to a friend and say, hey, we want to have a threesome? How do you ask a stranger? Again, I've talked about how I've had a hard time with flirting in other episodes. So this one, asking someone, having the conversation about having a threesome was a really tough conversation for me. And that's where kink and being in the scene and being around sex positive people helped me. It helped me to open up and to be able to talk about sex just like I'm talking about anything else. <laughs> I think being in the kink world, it made me realize that it's okay to talk about sex and it's okay to talk about wanting to have sex. It made it okay for me to have sexual urges and desires. And to be able to admit to them. One of the things that's been important for me has been when you have a threesome that everyone 
gets, you figure out who's going to get what attention. You figure out either everyone's going to get a little bit of attention or what I have found to be really successful is you pick one person to focus on each time. So let's say we're going to have threesomes, but you know, we're going to have more than one. The first time we're going to focus on this person. The next time we're going to focus on another person, that type of thing. When you do it, you focus on one person. When it's planned ahead like that, everyone knows what's going to happen and accepts that beforehand. And that way, you know, you don't have these sort of jealous feelings. I remember I had a girlfriend and you know, I was married at the time. So I had my husband and I had my girlfriend. My girlfriend had a boyfriend and So, you know, when I was younger, most of the threesomes I had were between me, my husband, and another woman. But I actually had the opportunity with her to sort of be the third person, the unicorn, as they say, right? The, the bisexual female in the, in the, with the couple, I got the chance to be that, that person because it was me, my girlfriend and her boyfriend. And so I was really excited about this opportunity that I had. However, it wasn't a great experience. It's the boyfriend. Here's my tip. If you're in a couple, say it's, uh, let's just say for argument's sake, and and because this is what the situation was in, in this threesome, let's say you're a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you're a couple, and you have an, a third woman that joins you. If you're part of the couple, make sure that you're paying attention to your partner during the threesome. This boyfriend of hers was so focused on me that it made me uncomfortable. (laughs) So here we are in this threesome. He's paying more attention to me. I'm paying more attention to my girlfriend because I don't want her feeling left out. I don't want her feelings hurt. And it turned out Over the next few days, her feelings were hurt and their relationship didn't last long, which was a shame. But again, if you're a part of the couple, don't get so excited about this new person joining you that you ignore your partner. And plan it out in advance, plan out who's going to get the attention this time. That's the thing I love about the kink world. We plan everything out in advance. And that way, it's much less likely that feelings are going to get hurt later. Now, what about when we have foursomes or moresomes? What about when we do swapping with couples? So we had one experience of that. My husband and I, we were with another couple. And it was fun. I had a great time. I do remember my my husband was a cis hetero male. And the other gentleman that was there was also a cis hetero male. And I do remember all four of us huddled up in the bed. We also learned if we're going to swing with other couples, we need a much larger bed. We really should have gone with the king size instead of a queen. 
me and the other woman were, were very happy. But my husband says at one point, he has this look on his face and he says, his junk touched my foot. <laughs> and he kind of, it kind of freaked him out a little bit. And so then we decided, okay, you know, okay. So we separated. My husband went with the woman in the living room and I continued with the man in the bedroom. And so here's the thing that we learned about that. If there's something that comes up that makes you uncomfortable, even during, no matter what point, something makes you uncomfortable, speak up about it. And the folks that you're with should respect that. Once we were in separate rooms, we were all happy again. You know, you have to make sure that what you want is heard and respected. Because if it's not, if you say, oh, I'm just going to be quiet and let everybody else enjoy this, guess what? Resentments are going to build up. And you're going to be dealing with this few days later, few weeks, few months later. And it's going to cause havoc in your relationships, in your relationship with your partner, possibly in relationships with your friends, possibly. So don't deny yourself. Don't ignore that feeling that you get, no matter what point you're at in the act. Now, what about swing clubs? I've never gone to a swing club by myself as a single woman. I've gone to a swinging club. I went with a couple once. Uh, again, it was, it was nice that I got the experience to be the unicorn. And we had a great time. It was very interesting. It was a BDSM night at a swing club. And it was, it was interesting because they were, it was really a lot more swingers than BDSMers. Um, and we had, we brought with us a violet wand and we wanted to do some electric play and <laughs> there were no electrical outlets in any of the more private or smaller rooms. So we ended up going into the big room cause we could use an outlet there. And, you know, we were playing with the violet wand and all these other folks were having sex around us. We ended up having a really good night. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't accessible. There was stairs. At the time, I was able to go up and down stairs. But today, I likely would not have been able to go to all the different rooms. And, and you know, there was a dance floor. I want to say there was a dance floor up on the top floor. The second floor they were using as an educational area. They had workshops going on. And then they had rooms downstairs. They had a big room where, you know, you could be very public and everyone be around. And then they had some smaller rooms. When you go to a club, be aware of the expectations. I'm going to have a guest on the next episode who will be talking about swinging, who has a lot more experience in this area than I do. So stay tuned for that. Don't get emotionally attached. With swinging, I had a hard time with swinging because I would get emotionally attached to people. There were times when I got too emotionally involved with people and I would feel hurt if they were paying more attention to other people than me. 
Now let's go back to threesomes and moresomes. We have to consider our disability, our energy levels, any chronic illness that we have, any pain issues that we have, and any mental health issues that we have when it comes to threesomes and moresomes. And keep in mind, the people that you have sex with may also have any of these issues themselves. If Let's say if it's a threesome, all three people might have any of these issues. So you really want to talk about any issues that you have and ask your partners any medical issues, any triggers, any things that they have. This is, again, where negotiation and planning beforehand is a must. And sometimes with triggers, we don't even know that we're going to be triggered. <laughs> I've talked about this before, but um, I was triggered once when I was at a house party. and It was a swinger event. And I went into it thinking it was fun. And what ended up happening was we were all naked. Everyone was naked. But everyone else in the room was paired up or having sex with each other and I was sort of just sitting there watching the porno that was on the, on the TV. So here I was completely naked and still alone and it, it took me back to feeling like I was that, you know, that little kid in elementary school again that no one wanted to play with at gym class. No one wanted to play with at recess. And at one point, uh, one man did actually come over and sit and talk with me. So we were just sitting and talking, <laughs> you know, while everyone else was having sex, which that was very nice of him. But yeah, it, it uh, made me feel triggered. Now, I didn't know that that was going to happen going in. But how do we take care of ourselves if we get triggered by something? That's something really important that you, you need to consider. If something does trigger me, how am I going to take care of myself? And so it's, it's really important to think about all these things beforehand. Be honest with all of your partners, everyone that's going to be involved beforehand, during the act, and afterwards. Afterwards, you can talk about what was this experience like for you? How are you feeling? Are you going to be able to keep the boundaries up that you need to keep? Are you going to be able to stay friends with these folks to stay in this relationship? What feelings are coming up? Journal about it and talk with the partners about it. Talk about whether this is a good idea to do again or not. You know, if your feelings got hurt the first time, maybe you don't want to do it again. I've had a couple of experiences that were very painful, emotionally painful, and I've had others that were amazing. One really painful experience I had that had to do with my disability. This was a dom that I had had some other threesomes with. And I was really attracted to him and his submissive. This one particular time, he asked me to take my socks off. He knew that when we would get together, I would get completely naked except for my socks. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. I have issues with people seeing my feet. He wanted me to take my socks off and he, and he said that he and his girl were going to suck on my toes. I think he knew 
what was up with me and my, my feet. And he, I feel like he used that vulnerability to take advantage. Because I always felt this shame around my feet because of my disability and my toes. But when he asked me to do this, I took my socks off. And I just said, don't, don't do that. But I did take my socks off. So they didn't touch me and our playtime was over. I was left from this experience feeling embarrassed and humiliated. After this happened, I was telling a close friend about it. This is actually a friend with benefits. And at the time I was seeing another fellow. And a few weeks later, she and this other fellow planned to give me a threesome that was focused just on me. And you know what she did during that? She took my socks off and sucked on my toes while he was doing other things to me. And that was just amazing. It gave me some confidence back. It made me feel desirable and sexy. I have to say that was probably one of my most memorable and favorite threesomes. My other favorite threesomes, believe it or not, have been threesomes with all women. A threesome with all three women is incredible as you can keep going and go as long as you want. And there's sex and there's communication and there's talk and it's just beautiful. I have some really awesome memories. I have some tough, sad memories, but I have some really awesome memories and I don't regret anything. I am grateful for that time in my life that I was curious and I was adventurous and seeking out threesomes and moresomes. Had a lot of fun. At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. Today's question is what have been some of the challenges for you with having threesomes or moresomes with a disability? How have you overcome those challenges? Please go to desirability.com. That's D-I-S-I-R ability.com and share your thoughts with me. Thank you for joining today. Stay well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.